Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Additional support comes from our friends at Manscaped, the winning name in men's below-the-belt trimming, offering engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. The holiday season has come once more, so return those pubes to the times of yore. Get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. You've skipped the tricks, now avoid the nicks. With the Lawnmower 3.0's proprietary advanced skin safe technology, this trimmer cuts on your nuts. Not to mention it's waterproof power so you can shave in the shower. Also included in the perfect package is the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, the Crop Reviver for quick spritz refreshing, a pair of Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers, and a t-shirt. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code FINSUP to save an instant 20% and get free shipping. Tis the season to trim the trees and feel the breeze between your knees. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your second place, Miami Dolphins, proudly part of the Fanatics Network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Christopher Colin. Christopher, how in the hell are you, my friend? Well, Sam, thank you for mentioning my being a doctor. I wanted to make sure in case there's anybody with skeptical eyes and ears you can watch us here on youtube and see my actual do- i almost not to fucking over my doctorate that's so important to me that i have it loose up here on, on uh, against my mic that's just screwed into the desk but i'm great i'm great two-time hall of famer too sam it is a different day we're recording on a friday my friend i don't know if i'm you know what as a doctor i'm gonna prescribe something to both of us heavy amounts of alcohol and fun on our show tonight well, cheers to that, my friend. And that, if you guys are watching the video cast on YouTube and you saw Chris almost knock his doctorate degree that is framed onto the ground is why the man played defense in college because he doesn't have the hands of uh, a Devonte Parker or a Preston Williams or anybody else. And speaking of those Miami Dolphins, we need to start with what happened almost a week ago, Chris, because you are right. We are recording a little bit later this week. We had all kinds of things going on. You're a popular guy. I'm a popular guy. Um, we're finally sitting down here on a Friday night, starting your weekend off right with a nice Welcome to Perfect Bill podcast. But we can't move forward until we take a look and readjust the mirrors here, the rearview mirrors. The Miami Dolphins, second place, five and three now, Chris, five wow. and three, uh, because they beat the Arizona Cardinals last week and Kyler Murray. Uh, I was wrong. You were right. I predicted a loss. You predicted a win. Uh, My hat's off to you. I'm not going to actually take my hat off, but if I were, it would be off because of you, Chris, you called this game. Uh, Take me back to last Sunday, Miami Dolphins, Arizona Cardinals, 34, 31 victory Sunday for the Miami Dolphins. Look, I don't want to start off, especially his first start uh, for a first, yeah. uh, You know, real, real game experience here after his first start and uh, start doing any comparison. So I'm not comparing them exactly to this guy right here, Mr. Daniel Marino. But 
it felt like a Dan game. It was a shootout. And I didn't feel like we were out of it at any point. There's so many times over the last 10, 20 years, Sam, where it's like, we're in it, we're in it, we're in it. Fourth quarter, you know we're going to choke. Like that's the expectation as a Miami Dolphins fan is that soon we're going to go a quick three and out. Soon we're going to give up a touchdown. Soon we're going to miss a field goal or, or get a turnover. And we, I didn't feel that way. I mean, I did until Tua just kept coming out and driving us down the field. Sam, it felt great. And when you have a game like Kyler Murray had and you lose, uh, that normally happens to us. So I will definitely take that this go around. And it just looks like, again, I do this every – you watch it on YouTube. We're progressing every week and now you go out and you get adversity with a hell of a quarterback and Kyler Murray running all around the field. And instead of getting down, you just beat him, And that's what we did. And he was like beside himself and couldn't come up with the words to describe the loss afterwards. And that's usually our locker room. So that was a sweet, sweet victory. Yeah. When you play the way Kyler Murray did, and he played outstandingly well against that Miami Dolphins defense, uh, I I can almost you know, understand why he didn't want to shake anybody's hand, including Tua's after that game. It's like, get me the hell out of here. I don't know what else I can do. I just want to go and leave and watch this one and forget about it and move on. The Arizona Cardinals didn't really do anything wrong in this game. Um, quite frankly, the, the difference was was really two plays here. A, we, we got to him early, knocked that ball out, scoop and score by Shaq Lawson, amazing block by Brandon Jones, uh, Emmanuel Ogba playing out of his head right now, uh, wearing that number 91 proudly and doing uh, Cam Wake and others you know, proud by carrying on that tradition. Um, but then, you know, their kicker, <laughs> my favorite part of this entire game, Chris, is he lines up for a 49-yard field goal, and he misses it, not because it was blocked, not because he shanked it left to right. It just fell short. Now, a 49-yard field goal is not a chip shot, but it fell short. When you're a professional kicker in the 2020 NFL, you have to be able to make 50-plus yarders, and this thing dropped short by, like, four yards. And my favorite part, Chris, is after that, they go back to the to the classic shot of right on the face of the kicker, and he turned to the holder, and you could hear – well, you didn't hear him, but you could see what he said was, I don't know what happened. There was no explanation for it. He just looked and goes, I don't know what happened. I kicked it. It didn't go through. It fell short. Um, and that was really the difference in the game. We had a defensive score once again, which, again, on the podcast previous to this one, Chris, I said, you really can't rely on a defensive score every single week. That just doesn't happen for the Miami Dolphins. So the Miami Dolphins once again turn to Sam and say, fuck you, Sam. We'll do it again. Uh, and then you have their kicker, who's a really good kicker, miss a you know, a very makeable kick to tie this game. But everything in between, Chris, I think you're right, because I was watching this game actually on my phone for most of it. And the Dolphins go up early, and then the Cardinals immediately go down and score. And then the Dolphins go up again, and then the Cardinals hit that long bomb and tie it up at 14-14. This was a back-and-forth game, and it was almost like whoever's going to have the ball last is going to win. And during that entire process, every time the Cardinals would tie the game, I would kind of laugh because I'm like, man, I, w- I wish I was watching this in front of a big screen TV. I was never afraid. I was kind of like you. Like, I have confidence in this team now that, okay, they give up a score, but we're going to be in it. We're not going to, you know, all of a sudden wilt and fold just because a team scores and then let them run up the score on us. Even when we went down late in the game, when they actually went up on us, I was like, I think we got this. I think we're going to be okay. And credit to Tua, credit to Brian Flores, credit to the offense that he led a fourth quarter 
comeback. We were down, and he went 10 basically unanswered points to win this game. That's on Tua. That's on Coach Flores. That's on this Miami Dolphins team that now, as we've seen, Chris, we're talking about they're learning how to win. They're learning how to win. Now they're learning how to win while being being behind. And that's the next step to being a great team. And I think we're almost there, Chris. It's very exciting. It's a bizarre feeling from the town of Perfectville to be like, wow, it's sunny every single day here. Yeah, I was saying that to my brother and my dad, and, and it's like four weeks in a row. Uh, now, this one finally was a nail biter, but three out of the four games is pretty much, you know, we, we smoked them. So even this one, it's like finally like, oh, maybe those three games, we, I, I, they don't feel like flukes anymore. We came out in a game that was actually tough, and it wasn't close at the end, and we won it. And uh, it does feel good. It feels weird. I was talking to a client uh, this week at the bank, and I have a couple, you know, I got a uh, cool you know great dad or whatever or best dad dolphins plaque that my kids got me and always always a conversation starter and this guy's like wow yeah four in a row huh you guys rattled them off and and he's like i'm not used to seeing your team do that i'm like dude i'm not used to seeing my team do that i don't even know how to feel right now it's like ron burgundy or i'm sorry uh, will ferrell and um talladega nights i don't know what to do with my hands like i'm just excited right now and and we're talking my my family it's like this four weeks in a row now like a whole month of no blood pressure being up like we're we're beating the crap out of teams and how quickly have we turned the narrative from like, Oh, was this a good idea? Like to a play instead of Fitzpatrick. I don't think we win that game with Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Uh, I, you know, Tua is going out there and he's making throws. He had a dime to Gusecki that it looked like it was a back shoulder or a back foot throw where he put this air under it. And you're like, Ooh, is that a lame duck? And he dropped it between two, two defenders perfectly for Gusecki to catch it while getting horse collared. And it was just like, this guy knows his receivers and tight ends and he trusts them. And he is so damn accurate. Like that touchdown to Hollins was, I think uh, Travis Wingfield said it was like 16% uh, uh, room to make that throw. And it was like top 10, close to top 10 um, tightest window in the NFL this season to make that throw with that game on the line like that, it's just proof that it wasn't a fluke in college. This guy has ice in his veins. No, he knows where to put the ball so his receivers get it, right? And there was a couple other things in, the, in this game that really stood out to me. One of them was early when he actually ran. I think it was his first scramble uh, out of the pocket. And he ran for, I don't know what it was, five, six, seven yards. And here come the defenders from the Arizona Cardinals. And what did Tua do? He went feet first. He slid. That's like a veteran going, hey, don't hit me, right? He knew how to do that. Most rookie quarterbacks, Chris, I feel like they have something to prove, so they're going to try to you know, go head first in there, knock somebody down, and just prove that they belong. I mean, even Ryan Fitzpatrick does that to this very day, and he's like 39, 38, whatever, however old he is. Um, but he slid, and to me, it made me look at that when I went, wow, this is a veteran. Even though he's a rookie, he's doing some veteran stuff here. Um, he, he did a couple things like trying to get the get rid of the ball instead of you know taking an intentional grounding or forcing a, a ball in where it could be intercepted. Uh, he, he just threw the ball away. Now, one of them almost was intercepted on a throwaway. <laughs> that and maybe was terrifying. That up. <laughs> but, um, but it's just stuff like that. He's making good decisions, and he's doing that in, with, in game two, or really game three, but his second start in the NFL, it's really impressive to see. And he just has poise, man. He just knows, all right, the game isn't that big. I will be okay. You know, if I get hit now, I'll get up and I'll, and I'll, and I'll live to, to fight another day. It was really cool to see that out of the quarterback. And uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I think if Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting and playing in this game against the Cardinals, we're talking about how we fought hard and valiant, but we came up short. We don't win this game if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback versus Tua Tunga Bailoa in this game. I this is this game was like a clear indication of that. You could make the case for the Rams game because the defense went crazy. That wouldn't really change if you're Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua Tunga Bailoa. But this game was won 
by Tua Tungabailoa. And it's it's a very good signature win for him really, really early in his career here. And uh, it's just all Dolphins everywhere just have to be tickled pink right now. I think the best part about it was, and you mentioned it about one play, but the multiple plays of his scrambling ability. There was one where it's like a fire drill. He ran backwards, turned to the right, and there was a guy right there coming off the left tackle. He put his foot in the ground, just got up the field on a third and nine, I think it was, and the next play was a touchdown. Like that, those plays you can't coach. You don't draw those up. That's not Chan Gailey. That is Tua Tungavailoa playing like the number five overall pick it should play. And then that's how he's playing. And this is what we've been expecting from our quarterback play for, for decades, man. Marino doesn't even make that play with his feet, obviously. Um, So it's just one of those things to have a guy to be able to do that. Uh, We saw that Kyler Murray, where we had him what looked like to be sacked for a loss or uh, set up bad field position. And how did he get out of that ran first downs? We've been wanting that for a long time, Sam. And I think I know we finally have it. And it's going to be exciting to see him progress as we play these teams like the Chargers, the Broncos, the Jets again. And, um, uh, you know, see how difference it makes when we play the teams like the Bills and Patriots. This could be a really, really exciting next eight plus week, hopefully plus weeks of football uh, if we get into the playoffs. Because right now, right now, Sam, we're late enough in the season we're in the hunt we can start talking like that absolutely i mean if, if the season were to end right now well i think maybe the colts might have screwed some things up last night but going into this week we were the seventh seed um them beating the titans last night i think pushes us back down to the eighth seed but the fact remains we are right in there right now and uh there's a couple things that i was going to mention was uh Oh my God. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of things I was going to mention, but I'm not going to mention them now. Tua took your forgot. breath away. He, he did. Well, okay. There was a couple of things. Cause I, I had like four or five things that I wanted to talk about before we move on to anything else. But uh, one of them, I, did you catch the, the, the sideline chat between Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake? Did you oh, see that? Yeah, footage? I was going to, I was going to mention that it was fantastic. I love Drake. Like, uh, no, no, no. The, yeah. For those that didn't see it, go Google it, find it. It's really funny. It's a very funny moment between the running backs especially when you consider that Kenyon Drake knows everything about you know the Miami Dolphins because he's a former player here but for those that didn't see it Kenyon Drake is dressed in street clothes he obviously did not play and Chase Edmonds his backup his understudy his you know his his second running back there is sitting on the bench next to him now Jason Sanders our kicker Mr. Perfect now um, was lining up for a 56 yard field goal which he hit obviously but the exchange is Chase Edmonds talking to uh uh, talking to Kenyon Drake when he goes, man, they're setting up for a long field goal. And Kenyon just turns to him and says, well, you got a leg though. And Chase goes, oh, you got a leg? And then there's like a moment of pause where he's thinking about it. And then Chase just goes, shit. <laughs> and I don't know why that was so funny to me, but it's just so funny. Like, oh, yeah, this is obviously he's going to miss it. And Kenny's like, no, actually he's got a leg. And he's like surprised that the kicker has a strong leg. And then he's like deflated all of a sudden. I don't know why that exchange. Well, he's been cool. watching his kicker in practice this whole time. So obviously he doesn't know what a strong leg looks like. That was hilarious. Drake straight up, not excited at all for the attempt and just goes, yeah, he's got a leg. And he's like, really? He's like, yeah. And he's like, shit. <laughs> like, that is just great stuff. I love it because Drake obviously respects Sanders and he played with him and he knows what he what he can do, seeing him in practice and games. So um, and he and he bailed out Kenny and Drake in that Bears game uh a couple of years ago. So he he owes uh some cool national attention to Jason Sanders and he deserves it. What a what a fucking season for this guy so far, knock on wood. 
Well, and, you know, uh, kudos to the entire Miami Dolphins team because I mentioned it last week. Every time we start to do something well and we have a winning streak and people are like, oh, we're turning the corner of the Miami Dolphins, look out for them, we tend to shit the bed the very next week. We did not shit the bed at all. In fact, again, you had really good games from just about everyone. And I think, Chris, what I was going to say a little bit earlier and now that I, I, I've remembered, I've, I've, I've figured out what I was going to say just a couple of minutes ago, um, we have had a hard time, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, uh, containing and beating mobile quarterbacks and i think we figured out the formula to beat mobile quarterbacks chris and that is to have one ourselves what a concept like go ahead and run for 100 yards kyler murray we're going to run for 55 ourselves and then throw the ball and get ourselves a game-winning field goal at the end that's how we're going to do it we're going to we're, we're basically just going to come out there and uh, do shootouts now that we have two and we can do that that's how you beat a mobile quarterback when you can't stop them with your defense you're going to have to beat them with your offense and that's exactly what the miami dolphins did well, and that's what you're going to have to do this day and age in the NFL. It, there's so many of them, even like the guys coming up right now. Yes, they're not Lamar Jackson, but you're playing Herbert, Locke, um, uh, Mahomes, obviously. All guys can make extend plays and make things happen with their feet. Josh Allen, Cam Newton again. Uh, so that's the NFL. It, it's no longer run a 4-3 defense and uh, you know rush four and hope you can just sack the quarterback, unless it's Jared Goff, of course. But um, if it's these running quarterbacks, you're going to have to get into a shootout. It's not going to be no longer 14 to 10 wins. Like We're going to have to go on the road and win and score a lot of points. And I think the most exciting thing about this, Sam, is we just weren't ever doing that. And to go out there and do it on the road with hype already, where it was very easy to come back and just say, well, we're getting hyped after that big win against the Rams. And now we travel to the West Coast. Kyler Murray just had a hell of a game. Tough loss. I, I agree with you. If that's Fitzpatrick, that's what's going to happen and what we're going to say. And right here, we're sitting here on the show saying, OK, you know, some things to build on good stuff. No, we won. And that's what's exciting about this. We came out, drove down the field Tua looked great, put the ball where you needed to had good numbers got guys open and threw touchdowns and the play calling looked a lot better too. They opened it up a lot. I think it forced Chan Gailey to do so because of the back and forth battle, obviously, but man, this is exciting. And now it sets up to so many great matchups and storylines. What a time to be a podcast host, Sam. You're talking the rookie versus rookie Herbert picked one pick after two. He's got burrow a couple weeks later. It's it, it just, this is incredible. What a season during, during COVID in 2020, man, did we need some cool storylines and are we getting them? Yeah, we are. And uh, speaking of cool storylines, like you said, looking at the playoff scoreboard, that win against the Arizona Cardinals actually jumped the Miami Dolphins probability of making the playoffs this season from somewhere in the mid 30s all the way over to 50 percent. Now it was the biggest single leap in percentage from one week to the next for any team this past week of anyone in the NFL. And that's because the Miami Dolphins are now five and three. They're right in there with the Colts, with the Raiders, with those other wildcard teams. And they beat you know, that, that was the toughest part of their schedule. I mean, think about it. They, they played the Bills. They played um, uh, the Seahawks. They played the Niners. They played the, the Rams and they played the Cardinals. And they actually came through that entire part going five and three. We now have four teams that we are infinitely better than and we should win. And you've got four games in December where at least two of them look very winnable, if not three of them. Um, it, it really is impressive. And the Miami Dolphins are looking like they should be minimum eight and eight. And probably more like nine and seven, ten and six. And if things break the right way, maybe they even go eleven and five. Now that might be a little bit too high um, this season, but really the expectations are now: oh wow, we can hang with the playoff teams. To oh wow, we're a playoff team, and that's what it's going to be. If the Miami Dolphins don't make the playoffs this season, Chris, I do think it will be somewhat of a disappointment for Dolphins everywhere. That's how high uh, the expectations have now come. Uh, or do you disagree? No, and actually, Sam, you got me so excited. I'm reaching into the mag magic. Uh, Dolphins cooler bag here and I'm going to open another one because again it's Friday guys the doctor prescribed it take yeah. your medicine take your medicine 
Well, there you go. As the doctor uh, writes his own prescription and takes his own medicine. That's legal, um, right? I do, uh, I do want to point out a couple of things here. That the Miami Dolphins did see some injuries in this game. We are starting to deal with some adversity, not only on the injury front, but the COVID front. Uh, before we move into that part, Chris, because I think that's going to be an entire segment all by itself, uh, something else that we do need to, to draw attention to, and I don't think we're getting enough credit for this. We had a lot of our coaches that were out for this game because of COVID, right. including oh. our quarterbacks coach. So we actually had our tight ends coach uh, communicating with Tua on the field. And that's just, again, a credit to what the Miami Dolphins have built here under Brian Flores and Chris Greer and Tom Garfinkel. They have this ability to say, you know what, next man up, you, Mr. Tight Ends Coach, who formerly was an offensive coordinator, uh, are going to be the guy talking to Tua because you're here. Um, we saw some people uh, that weren't able to play, so we had other people come in and take their place. Uh, it, it's just it, – it really is the mentality and the culture change that I think is exciting for the Miami Dolphins faithful out there because this is something that we're going to see for the rest of the season. And then in the future, we're going to have adversity. People are going to get injured. People are going to be traded. People are going to whatever. And it's going to have to be the next man up to, uh, to, to accomplish whatever it is we're looking to accomplish there. So uh, kudos to the coaching staff who was down, I think, five or six coaches this game, Chris, and still outcoached the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, great call because that is something that I totally got overlooked after the end of that game uh, and everybody's excitement. Brian Flores came out and said that they have this uh, incredibly well-planned and organized backup plan. They even uh, went through uh, scenarios, uh, practice drills, so to speak, at practice where, oh, Flores is out, guys. You woke up, Flores got the vid. He, he's going to be home doing it. Uh, now Chan Gailey's a backup or someone else is the interim coach. And they had to just roll with it and pretend it's a normal day of practice to prepare for this to happen. So when, when it did come into play, it's just, it's, I don't know, Sam, not to switch gears, but I, I am excited, dude. Like it is exciting because normally we're the, the, the opposite of that. And we have seen so many different coaching staffs just, drop the ball, you know, I don't know, snort Coke on tables, send them to hookers. And it's just like to have this kind of professionalism, this preparedness, this organized, organized uh, efforts from Flores and, and preparedness. These guys uh, are following blindly Brian Flores right now. And he has got a great thing moving. The players love him. Players love playing for him. He'll fight for him, but he's also prepared and expects greatness. And to finally have that as a franchise, finally, it's been so long, Sam, so long uh, during all of this, you have a rookie quarterback making a second start. All of a sudden has this, you know, fifth in line coach helping him on the sidelines. And we go out and win the biggest game of the season so far against Kyler Murray playing his ass off. So just kudos again, like uh, I'll reiterate what you said and concur completely. What an amazing job Brian Flores has done and a team he's building for future free agents, college uh, draft picks and coaches that want to come coach with him. You know what? I'm going to tell the story. I, I promised I would never tell the story, and you're going to know the story as soon as I get into it. But I think it, it I'm going to tell it now because if I tell it later, as we get better and better and better, people are going to think I'm just piling on and being some sort of bandwagoner. Um, but in February of 2019, I was doing comedy down in Palm Springs, California, Southern California. Uh, by happenstance, I happened to be in a hot tub with an old, this old guy. Um, and in talking to this old guy, I could tell that he was in the entertainment industry as well. Uh, turns out he was a singer. I'm not going to mention his name, but um, he was asking me what I do and what I what do I do outside of comedy? And I'd mentioned this podcast here. Welcome to Perfectville. And he said, well, what's that about? And I said, well, it's a Miami Dolphins podcast. And I happen to be wearing Miami Dolphins swim trunks in the hot tub here. 
And the old guy gets out. He starts laughing and gets out of the hot tub. And I was like, oh, this guy must be a Patriots fan or something, right? I mean, what the hell? And he goes and gets his phone and he calls somebody. And I was like, wow, this guy's incredibly rude. Like, I thought we were having a good conversation. <laughs> and now he's just like, screw this Dolphins fan. I'm not going to waste my time talking to him. I'm going to pick up the phone and talk to my buddy. Well, he did. He did pick up the phone and he talked to his buddy. And after a couple of minutes of talking to his buddy and they're catching up and uh, all of a sudden he, he hands me the phone and says, hey, he wants to talk to you. And that was kind of odd. And now I've got this man's phone and I'm like, don't drop it in the hot tub. Right. And I also don't know who I'm going to be talking to. Well, who I happen to be talking to Chris, and you know, this story was Tom Garfinkel. So the guy that I was in the hot tub with actually had Tom Garfinkel. Yes. That Tom Garfinkel's number in his phone. And once he found out that I was a Miami dolphins fan, he called Tom Garfinkel and let me talk to Tom. And we didn't talk long because Tom was a very busy man and he didn't really want to talk to me. He wanted to talk to his friend, <laughs> but Tom was very gracious. And we started talking about the team. And this was right when Flores had come on, right when Chris Greer had really become, you know, the GM that he is today. And what Tom said, Chris, and you know this because I called you like a schoolgirl right after this, I got out of the hot yes. tub and I ran to my room and I was like, dude, and I called you um, is he said, people don't know it yet but we have the team now. And he was talking about the front office. He was talking about Brian Flores. He was talking about Chris Greer. He was talking about the infrastructure that this team had put into place from the football operations standpoint. And he said, everyone needs to be patient, but we're going to be good. And then we're going to be great. And it's going to happen sooner than anyone thinks. And you know what? Here we are. I don't know, almost two years later. And he was 100% correct, Chris. Um, you know, now Tom told me not to tell that story. I'm going to tell the story and I'm going to beg for forgiveness <laughs> from Tom later, but he was 100% right. It, it, Brian Flores is the right coach. Chris Greer is the right GM Tua is the right quarterback of the future. And everything he said was absolutely spot on. Now um, the other cool part of that story is that later that night, that music musical artist actually uh, came into the club a little bit late during my show and opened the back doors and just had like this back halo light. And he looked like the rock star uh, that he is. And uh, it was kind of cool from being on stage to watch this man walk in and just own the room. Uh, but anyway, that aside, Chris, you know the story I'm talking about. And it just blew my mind how accurate and spot on uh, Mr. Garfinkel was in, in like the few minutes that we talked on the phone. Yeah, I remember you telling me the story and I was like, well, I mean, like, I hope so. Like, of course, you're going to tell the company line and say that. But from what you said and how he said it. Uh, he's been around teams and organizations that you probably go to work and you're like, oh, here we go, another 500 season or worse. Like he just felt it in his bones. Like they finally, the, the Eureka guy, right? Like he accidentally, uh, um, you know, invented uh, rubber shoes or some shit, trying to make something else. Like we're just been doing all these different mixtures and chemicals, and the final pieces finally laid into place and we got what we're looking for and he sounded genuine and he was really excited and for that to happen for an organizational um piece like him uh shout out to chandler bing by the way um for him to you know be that excited and and tell a fan and be like dude this is like we've it, it's done we finally did it it's like frodo in lord of the rings it's like finally the the complete ridiculous eight hour three movie trip and adventure is over we made it it's done we can relax we can be excited dolphins are back man and we're getting talked about everywhere on good morning football on nfl now on espn and 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 it's just the line's doing good the rookies are doing good Tua's doing good the defense is making plays holy shit sam we've started this podcast our, our, our mascot's got is a fucking paper bag for god's sake we might actually 
have a damn football program here, buddy. And, and it, it, who better do it with than you and people. Perfect bill. Uh, I'm just going to drink some more medicine, Sam. This is exciting. Yeah. You don't, you know, don't drink too much medicine. We got to get enough medicine into everybody across the United States over the next 12 months. Everyone needs medicine. And Chris is the doctor to prescribe it here, but um, we are getting excited here. Obviously we're, we're very, very, very just really super excited as fans right now, but coming into this next week and for the foreseeable future, Chris, I alluded to it. We're going to have to start dealing with injuries. We're going to have to start dealing with yeah. COVID on a bigger level. Uh, and that's because uh, one of the keys to victory against the Arizona Cardinals was Preston Williams stepping back up, making plays, early catching a touchdown jumping into the end zone uh getting his leg all twisted up starting to celebrate and then having big man christian wilkins jump on top of it which certainly didn't help um and wouldn't you know it, preston williams is now carted off and on ir with a foot injury we don't know how long he's going to be out but a minimum three games right now he's going to join uh miles gaskin who's also now in week two of a three-week minimum stay on ir so you're losing your starting running back you've lost your starting wide receiver uh and oh by the way speaking of christian wilkins he's not going to be available against san diego or the Los Angeles mm. Chargers, uh, and neither is going to be Kyle Van Noy. Two big pieces to this defense that's being you know vaunted as just you know the next big thing here, uh, because they're they're in COVID protocol along with a couple of others here. So the Miami Dolphins all of a sudden. Uh, are hit with the injury bug. They're hit with the sick bug, and uh, they're going to have a little bit of adversity. Yes, the, the Chargers aren't the team that the Cardinals or the Rams were, uh, but you start losing big pieces on both defense and offense, and all of a sudden, you know, that gap between those two teams becomes very, very, very tiny here. So uh, how are the Miami Dolphins going to do this? Who is going to step up for Preston Williams over the next couple of weeks? Who's going to take command of that running backfield uh, with Miles Gaskin out and Matt Breda possibly out? And uh, who's going to step up on defense for two starters and Kyle Van Noy and Christian Wilkins being down this week? First, I'll start with the defense because that's my bread and butter. And it, it's going to be guys like Raekwon D Davis uh, for Wilkins with, with uh, you know, getting in there and getting playing time. And Strobridge, the rookie from UNC defensive end, got some more playing time last week. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to fill in and help. Uh, we're going to have to do it by committee. We're going to have to do it with uh, Shaq Lawson and Agba just causing and wreaking havoc out there. Um, Van Noy, um, I think we'll miss, but not as much as Wilkins, I don't think. Uh, if you watch a lot of the tape, Wilkins, even if he's not putting it on the stat sheet, he's getting penetration. He's causing quarterbacks to get rid of the ball quicker. Uh, quicker. Van Noy had the scoop and uh, you know a good good return against the Rams. But honestly, and this is you know just my take from watching the games uh, has not been the presence I I've been hope I hoped for when we got him from the Patriots. Um, I don't even know if he has a sack or maybe one. Um, really hasn't been the pass rush uh, force that we were looking for. He's been playing more outside linebacker, kind of playing, the, you know, that role, not rushing, uh, which might be a good thing. We, it might mean we, we don't need him. We got Shaq Lawson and Agba doing all the dirty work. So um, maybe we're saving him for uh, a fun time and we can blitz him a little bit more like he always destroyed us. But, um, yeah, he's making a lot of tackles down the field and stuff like that. So we just next a guy up. That's what's going to have to happen in 2020 with COVID, with everything like that. Um, rookies and, and, and a young team this is those guys opportunities to get in their play you talk about uh preston williams now going to the offensive side of the ball uh lynn bowden is going to get an opportunity malcolm perry uh is going to get an opportunity we saw what hollands did last week when he caught that touchdown the game winning pretty much touchdown pass from tua uh these guys have experience playing with tua because they practice together they're young um and then the flashiness of the running back position is kind of not there but Ahmed had a really good game uh for his first uh playing time and 
And uh, of course, um, Lynn Bowden can do both. He can play running back, he can play receiver. So I think Chan Gailey is going to have to dig, dig into his bag of tricks here like Mary Poppins and pull out the next guy up. And we're going to have to go out there and do it. Right now it looks like uh, Antonio Callaway might not be activated this week. I was reading about it while you were speaking, Sam, um, which that's an exciting piece. We can get him back, especially you as a Florida Gator fan. He played there at, at uh, UF. But um, right now it's looking like Parker, Grant, Bowden, Perry, um, and, and Hollins as our receivers this week. So it's going to be tough for him to go up against Herbert with those guys. But this is where guys like Parker needs to step up and have a big, big game. Well, and in years past, actually, last year when Preston Williams went down with a knee injury, that's when Devontae Parker yep. really took off. I mean, that's when he became a household name for everybody, you know, uh, that's involved with the NFL, be it a fan, other franchises, et cetera, et cetera. So really, Devontae Parker, even when Preston Williams went down in this game against the Arizona Cardinals, did exactly that. He got six balls after that, and he caught all of them, and uh, including one that looked like it was going to be a pick six going the other way, but instead became a crucial third down conversion, which actually allowed us to go down and have that touchdown pass to Mac Hollins at the end of that play and end of that drive. Um, but yeah, it's going to have to be Devonte Parker. What what's concerning to me is that we don't have that running game, and now uh, you don't have Preston Williams. So you're really starting to chop down all those options for for defenses to have to focus on. Uh, Mike Sicki, I think, is going to have to be a bigger part of this offense going Absolutely. forward. I think we've said that the last two or three weeks we're going to have to figure out what, even if it's not Mike Sicki, Chris, because we mentioned Mac Hollins, it's going to have to be one of our tight ends. I think whether it's probably not going to be Durham Smythe. Um, I don't even know if he's going to be active or not. I know he was in concussion protocol during the game, uh, but Mike Kosicki is really going to have to come in and be uh, that option for, for Tua Tungabailoa because everyone else really are rookies. I mean, Jakeem Grant's not a rookie, but we all know that he sometimes struggles uh, as a wide receiver there. And then you're looking at a bunch of young, young guys after that. It's it to me, you know, not that I'm going to question it, but we kind of did last week, you know, <laughs> You know, what would be really nice right now. Isaiah Ford, Isaiah oh. Ford would make me feel so much better going into this game because he would be the guy you go, okay, you know, Preston Williams is down, but we got Mr. Reliable, as you said, a poor man's OJ McDuffie, which I think is a fantastic call by you, but no, he's now going to be playing for the new England Patriots. And instead we're looking at a lot of young guys with a young wide receiver and core young rookie quarterback and uh, two to three <laughs> rookies on that defensive line or offensive line, I should say, um, and a running back in a running game that really just isn't there right now now um it's a little bit concerning so somebody's gonna have to step up and for me i'm looking at mike kosicki i'm not calling him out i'm not saying he's a bad player but i think he's no, the guy please on do. Offense. yeah please do. yeah i probably should huh uh, but he's the guy on offense i think that's gonna have to step in and fill that role for preston williams over the next couple of weeks yeah right now i can't believe it's taking this long for us to bring this up because i wanted to mention it but uh isaiah ford i already didn't like the trade when it happened but man this is why during covid with all this stuff happening you don't trade a really good piece and depth in a already shorthand position for a draft pick two years from now like there's just that's not helping us even when we get it it's more likely not going to help us and if we're having a podcast still two years from now and that guy ends up being the next you know Rashad Jones feel free to call me out but that you don't trade Isaiah Ford for that during COVID especially like that that guy was was playing already for us it's not like he was just inactive like a Jordan Howard type you know it it would been really nice to have him right now uh now obviously they can't predict um you know, Williams is going to go down, but man, he already didn't finish the whole season last year. Parker has hardly finished seasons in his career. I really question that trade. And now of course it's the, you know, hindsight's 2020, but good Lord, man, Isaiah Ford right now, 
can we have him back? Did he fail his physicals or a way we can get that to happen? Because uh, we just got to count on the young guys. That's all we can do in a, in a season where uh, road teams are winning more than home teams be, uh, because of no crowd and interaction. Things are crazy this year. So we can use every advantage we can get. Yeah. And I also, I also question, you know, the validity of the, not the validity of the trade, but you know, why we made that trade because he was one of the only quote unquote veterans that we had in the wide receiving core beyond Devonte Parker. I mean, Preston Williams is into year two and year two is really, you know, an extension of year one because he missed half that year. Uh, we don't have Alan Hearns, you know, we don't have Albert Wilson. We don't have those veterans where you could say, okay, we can let Isaiah Ford go because we have veteran presence here. We don't Isaiah Ford would have been that guy. I mean, Jakeem Grant kind of is that guy now, but I would feel much more comfortable with Isaiah Ford this week against the Chargers than I am Malcolm Perry, than I am, you know, Kirk Merritt, and then who I am, Lynn Bowden. Not to say that I, those guys aren't good, because I think they are good, and maybe this is the time where they're going to have to step up, just like we said with two in those in those offensive linemen, you know, and, and be that next guy. But uh, I don't know. I think that Isaiah Ford uh, trade, in hindsight, uh, is going to come back to bite us. And like you said, they can't predict that Preston Williams is going to get hurt, but we do have COVID. I mean, that's a very real right. thing. That's, that's caused yeah. people to miss games and uh, trading away somebody like that. Who's, who's a very good glue guy um, and can catch the ball and move the chains for a conditional sixth round pick or seventh round pick. That's a little, it's a little iffy, especially right now, given everything that we got, but you know, we'll, we'll chalk that up to maybe an experience later. And um, until now, I think for me, it's Mike Kosicki on offense. That's the guy that's got to step up. He's going to be the guy that's going to have to get four five, six, you know, uh, targets and, and catches and, um, and help complement Devonte Parker and help to a tongue by low against the chargers. Yeah, that's exactly what happened last year when Preston Williams got hurt, right? Like you mentioned it, Parker stepped up, Kosicki stepped up. It's, same time, go time. You guys right now, there, there's now that not that outside presence of Preston Williams anymore that's going to garner a number two corner. So what are you going to do? Are you going to double team Parker? Then who's going to step up? Because it has to be Grant on the slant routes. It's going to have to be Lynn Bowden or somebody, and it's going to absolutely have to be Gusecki. You guys have been on the team now a few years. This is where it's your time to shine. And Chan Gailey needs to focus on that, where tight end never really was a big thing for him, but that's got to change. You get Mike Gusecki has to be an integral part of this offense going forward for us to have any success like he has to be whether it's um a decoy or whether it's you know throw it up 15 times and he's going to come down with eight of them and most of them are going to be circus catches or end zone catches and that's going to alleviate the defense and the safety from over the top with parker opening up the offense for him too and that's where two is going to work his magic and find him but he has to be a big part of it i, I totally agree yeah, and I think defensively, I know you started there, I'll end there. Um, Christian Wilkins is is obviously a game changer, right? That's the guy who gets in there, he gets penetration, he's he's a disruptive force. Um, <clears throat> but really where I think we're going to miss him and possibly Kyle Van Oy the most is going to be on the sidelines and in the locker room. Kyle Van Oy is, I think, 28, 29 years old. He's won with the New England Patriots. He's a guy that knows what it takes to win week in, week out, stay focused, stay you know uh, on to the next one sort of mentality. Him not being there, uh, even if he's not showing up in the stat sheet, I do – uh, worry a little bit about, you know, is he, if he's not there, he's not that calming presence next to him go, okay, what would Kyle do? Or Kyle can talk to somebody and say, Hey, don't worry about it. I mean, even Ted Karras, like he talked about against the Rams going up to Tua going, Hey, Tua going, we got to be better. And Ted going, it's your first start. And we had 14 snaps in the first half, calm down, right? Just give him that perspective that you cannot replace. Uh, Christian Wilkins energy. He's always the first guy to go celebrate the offense when they score a touchdown. Maybe, maybe he needs to choose a new way to celebrate other than jumping on men that are smaller than him. Um, but we're going to miss that too. And now I think, I think that's permeated out throughout the, the franchise. So I'm not 
as worried about that. But I do think that the, those things, those X factors that don't show up in the stat line uh, could be a concern, especially if this game starts to get, you know, a little bit sideways, which it could. You know, the Chargers aren't the worst team in the world. They do have talent. They do have some dynamic players over there. Uh, so I think that's where we're going to miss them, I think, is just that energy. So somebody's going to have to step up, step into that presence of, of not only bringing the energy for the entire game, keeping the, keeping the guys loose, uh, but also somebody who's got to be a veteran that's going to go, all right, you know, I got this. I'm the veteran. Somebody like Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. I think we're going to have to look to our defensive leaders in the defensive backfield that have some years under their belt to say, okay, guys, you know, the game's not too big. It's, we're all good. We got this. Yeah, great call on those guys stepping up too. I mean, we mentioned Parker, we mentioned Gusecki, uh, Byron Jones, and Xavier Howard making a lot of money. And uh, your defense needs you now with those kind of leaders out there. When you are a young team such as we are, um, it, it kind of it sounds weird. There's not that Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Sam Madison to step up anymore. This team built with veterans, or you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But th- this this truly is, and this is where they're going to look to those guys. They're going to look to uh, Howard and, and Byron Jones, guys making and, and Baker. Let, let's please mention Jerome Baker. Baker has mm-hmm. got to step up as well. Um, and this where it's like, hey, look, I know they're out. Uh, it's a weird year, but we're a strong team. Brian has uh, prepared us for this, and uh, we know to be ready for anything. And that leadership, I think, starts with Brian Flores. So as long as he's on the sideline, man, I trust him to be ready. I do too. And you know what? We're going to talk all about the Chargers game. We're going to get uh, not only my prediction and Chris's prediction, but this is a throwback game, Chris. We're wearing the old school unis. Uh, before we cut to break and then we start talking about the Charger game proper, I do have to ask you, there's a huge, huge – Week in, week out, every single year, dilemma about should the Miami Dolphins go to the throwback uniforms permanently? Uh, what do you think? Should we keep the current uniforms and keep doing the throwback, uh, you know, uh, marketing spiel, or should we just completely turn back to the old school Miami Dolphins logo and look? What do you think? Oh man, um, so for me, I, I I don't mind the new uniform at all. I, I think I think it's awesome. I, I like the white face mask and the white helmet. Um, the clean logo looks good. I love the colors, the brightness of the aqua. Um, and to be honest, I might get a little shit for this, but I, uh, I'm not really was a big fan of the uniforms of old back then. Let me preface with that. The colors and the logo from the sixties, seventies with modern jerseys, helmets, the gray face masks, the visors are the best uniforms in all of sports like it's there's no uniform that's better because of the combination of the color scheme with the gray and the light and the gray face mask and and the old logo but on the new helmets and the new tight jerseys those baggy come on i mean biggest meme in in perfect real history was fucking sleeves like byron you know we hated you know byron maxwell because of the sleeves and i hope you're listening i still hate you (laughs) Your sleeves sucked, um, but the sleeves sucked with the old logo and stuff. But man, you pair that up with the new clean Under Armour Nike equipment and stuff like that. Mwah, chef's kiss. That shit is beautiful. I don't care if they change or not. I like having them every couple of weeks, every season. That's cool too. Keeps it special. Um, so whatever they do, I know this is kind of, it kind of sucks for radio. You gotta make a decision here, but um, I, I like either way. If they decide to go for it, sweet. It looks beautiful. If they stay and do it every once in a while, great too. That's fine. I just want to win football games. I'm going to quote a guy. You guys, no one will know this guy, but he said something to me a couple of years ago that rings true about just about everything in life. 
time in erodes awareness of. And what that means is the longer you're around something, the less aware or the less the effects are on you. Um, and, and I think those throwback uniforms and that throwback logo, if we were to have those every single week, they're no longer special, especially if the team goes on a losing streak again. Winning is the greatest deodorant you can have possibly have. I guarantee you if we win the Super Bowl in this logo that you're wearing and I'm wearing today, everyone's going to go buy that merchandise. Everyone's going to think it's the greatest logo of all time. Nobody's going to hate it at all. I think the throwbacks are special because they remind us of when the Miami Dolphins were great in this league and they haven't been great in a very long time. It's fun to put those on. It's fun to have the throwback logo. I got throwback logo jerseys and hats as well, but I think having it every single week would be too much. I wouldn't like that. Uh, I like what they're doing now, Chris. I like two or three every single year. You put on the gear, you have the debate, and then they win or they lose and you go on and you put on the, uh, you know, the, the, the new school stuff. I think if we were to go to the old logo all the time, it wouldn't be special anymore. No There's nothing wrong with the current logo. I don't see any, any problems with the current logo and the current uniforms. And again, I know that's going to be controversial to people that are say, go back to the old throwbacks, but you know what? We don't need to. We'll go back a couple times a season and that's it. Yeah. Just as long as we don't go back to like the nineties cartoon dolphin it was an angry eyebrow like that that was the worst thing in history like i think we can all agree whether you're new school or old school nobody likes middle school and that's where we were in the 1990s that was like the miami dolphins logo going through puberty it was just that awkward phase we weren't quite sure who we were going to be what we're going to you know turn out to be nobody wants to go back to the jimmy johnson cartoon uh uh, every 80s movie that got like an animated series in the 90s they like try to animate it and make it a cartoon and it fucking sucked that was terrible just like byron maxwell it sucked it it was it was the sleeves version of a logo absolutely (laughs) damn right well speaking of uh speaking of uniform talk it is a throwback game so we're gonna go you know do some commercials chris gonna get his 87th beer of the of the podcast and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk all about Miami Dolphins, Los Angeles Chargers, throwback uniforms, throwback podcast coming up right after this. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic tables, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use the promo code FINSUP to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. You put in 200 they'll match you another 100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. And we are back, and I'm not going to lie to you. Um, 
the my favorite part of the podcast this week is when we were in commercial break and Chris and I were having a conversation <laughs> that I'm not going to spoil it because I'm going to use the footage at some point and Chris doesn't know when and neither do I quite frankly. Uh, but let's just let's just say it involved um, the phrase long wiggly dicks and we'll just leave it at that. But that's my favorite part of the podcast so far this week, Chris, is you and I talking off camera because I, I forgot to not record while we were doing our commercials and now I have the footage forever. So yay. Is it a welcome to Perfectville episode if big wiggly dicks is not the favorite part of it? Is it? I mean, honestly, at this point, well, I think it was long wiggly dicks. Big wiggly dicks is a different episode, but I think we're going to name this episode long wiggly dicks. And I don't even know if, <laughs> I don't know if Apple podcast will even accept it. Or Reddit's not. the only place that's going to allow this to get posted, by the way. <laughs> well, that's fine. You know, Reddit, uh, shout out to the Reddit users of Miami Dolphins sub forum, sub Reddit, whatever it's called there. Uh, all right, Chris, this is a throwback episode. Uh, well, a throwback week for the Miami Dolphins with their logos and uniforms. We're playing the Los Angeles Chargers, which I'm going to call them the San Diego Chargers for the sake of the throwback that we're doing right now. And since it is a throwback week for the Miami Dolphins, I figure it should be a throwback week for the Welcome to Perfectville gang here. So not only are we going to give you predictions here, Chris, drum roll, please. Let's get ridiculous. Ridiculous predictions. That's right. The thing that put us on the map back way back in season one of this episode, ridiculous predictions. Let's hear Red Foo. Let's get into it. Chris Cullen, Sam Marku, ridiculous predictions. I'm going to go first because I'm excited. And here's how I see this game going down, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be another close game, very similar to what we saw with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to be shocked because we think we're going to kill the San Diego Chargers. But Justin Herbert's in the game. He's making plays. We don't have a pass rush because Kyle Van Noy and Christian Wilkins are jumping on each other, coughing on each other, giving each other the vid while injuring each other. They're not there. We have backups that are in trying to help, trying to make it happen, but Justin Herbert's just tearing everybody apart. Byron Jones has three interceptions that he gives to the wide receivers of the San Diego Chargers, so they get touchdowns just like he did against those Arizona Cardinals. What do we do? We don't have any running backs. We're down wide receivers. We have offensive rookies on the line and quarterback and wide receiver. But what do we do? We figure it out. Who do we figure out? Isaiah Ford? Close. Somebody who was very close to Isaiah Ford saves the day once again. He is none other than number 14, Ryan Fitzpatrick, puts on the Fitz Magic shorts, the Isaiah Ford booty shorts. And does he come in and play quarterback in replacement of Tua Tungavalo? Absolutely not. Tua's having a great game himself. But what he does do is he is a listener of Welcome to Perfectville, and he knows that Chris Cullen and I have a bet as to whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the leading rusher for the Miami Dolphins this season or not, because Chris Cullen's going to have to do some embarrassing shit if he is. So, so, so Ryan Fitzpatrick takes off the red jersey of being a quarterback, puts on the booty shorts for Isaiah Ford, and gets in there and says, Coach, I'm ready to be a running back. And Tua Tungavailoa turns around and hands the ball off to Ryan Fitzpatrick, not once, not twice, not thrice, but 14 times in this game for 225 yards, three touchdowns, and the Miami Dolphins go on to victory on the backs, on the shoulders. Mr. Booty Shorts himself, clean-shaven, Ryan Fitzpatrick, running back, extraordinaire. He would do that just to fuck with me. I'm sure he's a listener. Now, Sam, uh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> as you talked, I'm trying to get into my moment here, and it's been a while. It's been a while. I We are both known for some really ridiculous, ridiculous predictions, but this is a doozy, my friend. You mentioned the San Diego Chargers, not the LA Chargers, San Diego. I'm going to go right there with you, buddy, because um, I've had a little medicine. 
and this is gonna be ridiculous <laughs> i've never had your face pop in before when we did this so this is gonna be great um picture this in. <laughs> we're sitting there throwback uniforms for the dolphins of course i i, I don't know if this is even gonna air uh, the san diego chargers against us with justin herbert uh sixth overall pick one pick after two a tongue blow up it's a shootout classic marino blood so 38 38 one minute to go uh here we go Tua's leading us down the field and what does he do he hits grant deep almost like completely identical to the national championship game looks right looks off the safety goes throws it up mighty mouse touchdown nothing ridiculous about that except we're excited however from the crowd comes someone it what is that is that a whale's vagina it is it's san diego a whale's vagina is running down the steps comes down to celebrate with the miami dolphins jumps and swallows jakeem grant completely breaking both of his legs he is out for the season engulfed in the whale's vagina who removes the face mask to reveal christian wilkins has been wearing a whale's vagina on covid19 list he comes through the crowd Austin 316 with a glass breaking and breaks Jakeem Grant's little legs and he's on the IR but we win Grant for a touchdown Tua with the pass Wilkins celebrates again my friend Christian you did it nice job San Diego a whale's vagina so to recap a whale's vagina comes out of the crowd murders jakeem grant <laughs> but we win the game we win we win. i think it's 38 38 goes deep to grant touchdown game over uh we celebrate don't even realize it's like the kid gets hurt at the kids table thanksgiving no one notices in the commotion so jakeem i think grant. we would sacrifice jakeem grant if we can get a win this week so i think that's fantastic <laughs> what an amazing ridiculous prediction we've got uh uh, this is what we did, man. This was the first year, the first season of uh, Welcome to Perfectville was you and I just doing this dog shittery here. I like that you said, I'm not sure if it's going to if it's gonna air when I already said I'm going to name the episode Long Wiggly Dicks. <laughs> I don't know why a whale's vagina would that be was, worse than that Long was, Wiggly That was adding to the suspense. It's called radio, <laughs> Sam. Read a fucking book. Read, read a book about radio. <laughs> uh love friday night podcasts friday night podcast my god all right well this will be out monday after the game (laughs) (laughs) i hope my ridiculous prediction comes true i'll look like nostradamus like you saw it on tv chris you can't fool us (laughs) you bastard Um, tom garfinkel didn't call you sam (laughs) (laughs) he didn't call me sam he said who are you um (laughs) all right well with that chris anything else you want to say before we get out of here nope all right. Well, on behalf of Chris Cullen, the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer and doctor, myself, and everyone at the Fanatics Network, the only thing I want to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Marino, drop it back, throwing a pass to the beer. Go, touchdown. That's the dumbest shit I've ever done. That is the stupidest thing I've seen in a while, and it was amazing.
right. I'm going to stop recording now. All right, man. <laughs> I might just, I might just edit, throw this one out raw, just as is, and just say, fuck That'd it. actually be <laughs> hilarious. It's, like, it's fucking Friday. We're on a four game winning. This is what happens when we're on a four game winning streak. Like, what happens? Complete animals. It's like, you know, bachelors in Vegas. Like, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> like, calm down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.